From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you have joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text comes from Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 9. The Lord's portion is His people. How are they His? By His own sovereign choice. He chose them and set His love upon them. This He did altogether apart from any goodness in them at the time, or any goodness which He foresaw in them. He had mercy on whom He would have mercy, and ordained a chosen company unto eternal life. Thus, therefore, are they His by His unconstrained election. They are not only His by choice, but by purchase. He has bought and paid for them to the utmost farthing. Hence about His title there can be no dispute, not with corruptible things as with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord's portion has been fully redeemed. There is no mortgage on His estate, No suits can be raised by opposing claimants. The price was paid in open court, and the church is the Lord's freehold forever. See the blood mark upon all the chosen, invisible to human eye, but known to Christ, for the Lord knoweth them that are his. He forgetteth none of those whom he has redeemed from among men. He counts the sheep for whom he laid down his life, and remembers well the church for which he gave himself." They are also his by conquest. What a battle he had in us before we would be won! How long he laid siege to our hearts! How often he sent us terms of capitulation! But we barred our gates and fenced our walls against him. Do we not remember that glorious hour when he carried our hearts by storm, when he placed his cross against the wall and scaled our ramparts, planting on our strongholds the blood-red flag of his omnipotent mercy? Yes, we are indeed the conquered captives of His omnipotent love. Thus chosen, purchased, and subdued, the rights of our divine possessor are inalienable. We rejoice that we never can be our own, and we desire day by day to do His will and to show forth His glory. Oh, Lord. 
If your Bible reading is usually in the authorized or King James Version, you have probably encountered words that are quite unfamiliar. Because the authorized version was translated in the 17th century, some of its words are no longer in use or perhaps have a different meaning now. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer a booklet containing many of those archaic terms and their meaning in modern-day speech. In addition, the booklet contains a Bible reading plan that will help you to read the whole Bible through in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. To obtain your copy of A Bible Word List free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it. On today's broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as he brings the opening portion of a message dealing with the titles of the Holy Spirit, particular designations of the Spirit given in the Bible, which help us to understand a number of important things about the Spirit, who He is, and what He does. First, we'll see that these titles reveal the Spirit's deity, that He is truly God. Then they show the mystery of what is called the eternal procession of the Spirit. As Dr. Cairns will emphasize, the Holy Spirit is in no way inferior to either the Father or the Son. Now Dr. Cairns will introduce this message, the titles of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 11, the first two verses of the chapter. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Amen. The Lord will bless to our hearts this brief reading from His Word. For his name's sake. In our studies in the person and work of the Holy Spirit of God, we're reaching the stage where we will pass uh, from the general to the particular works of the Holy Spirit. Up until now, we have been looking at great areas of Scripture in which we have led before us in very general but very essential terms, the working of the Spirit. We hope now to make progress in the weeks to come into the more particular statements of the operation of the Holy Ghost. And bridging these two areas of study, the general and the particular, we have the titles 
of the Holy Ghost in Scripture. And I want us to consider those this morning. And as we look at them, I think you'll find that they summarize, at least in part, what we have covered so far in our studies, and they anticipate what is still to come, at least to quite a measure. Now, as we think of the titles of the Holy Ghost in Scripture, we will discover that they are both numerous and important. As we try to bring them into some sort of form to get them in the compass of one message, I think we could say that they reveal to us four great truths about the Spirit's person and work. First of all, the titles of the Holy Spirit reveal to us His essential equality with the Father and with the Son. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14, the title that Paul there gives to the Holy Spirit is the Eternal Spirit. Now that is a very, very far-reaching title given to the third person of the Trinity. He is the Eternal Spirit. Being eternal, the Holy Spirit is therefore not a created being. He is not an influence that emanates from God to His creatures. Being eternal, He is not a derived being or a subordinate or secondary or inferior person. Rather, being eternal, the Holy Spirit is, as theologians would say, first of all, necessary. I don't want to get too philosophical this morning, but that which is eternal exists not of contingency, that is, his existence is not merely a matter of maybe, he is necessary, he exists absolutely, he exists in full divinity. He exists in full equality with the Father and with the Son, in essence, in dignity, in power, and in glory. Now, I'm trying to compass a great doctrine in as few words as possible. We have covered this in our studies already. But I want to get to you today that the Holy Spirit is truly God. As much and as truly God as God the Father, and as God the Son. I have already traced in the Scriptures for you. The names of God are given to Him. The attributes of God are given to Him. The acts of God are ascribed to Him. All the dignity of deity is given to Him. He is truly God. The Holy Spirit must never be degraded in the vocabulary and in the experience of the Church of Christ to make him a mere influence, to make him a mere it, a mere thing, a mere experience. While it is true that the Bible speaks of being filled with the Spirit, and it speaks of the Spirit being poured forth, 
We ought never to think of the Holy Ghost as a mere liquid, even in a metaphorical sense. We must have this conception in our mind that God the Holy Spirit is essentially equal with the Father and with the Son. That's the reason in Matthew 28 and 19, the Lord Jesus could commission His disciples to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Absolute equality. It's the reason why the Lord Jesus could say in Matthew chapter 12, 31 and 32, that every kind of sin and blasphemy will be forgiven unto man, even when they blaspheme the name of God the Father. There is forgiveness. When they blaspheme the name of God the Son, there is forgiveness. But so intent is Almighty God in making us understand the equal dignity of the Holy Spirit, the absolute divinity of the Holy Spirit, that we are told, He who blasphemes the Holy Ghost will never have forgiveness either in this world or in the world which is to come. The benediction which the Apostle Paul gave to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14 links the names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with the very instructive emphasis that communion with God is enjoyed only by the instrumentality and operation of the Holy Spirit. So the titles of the Holy Spirit, especially that which calls Him the eternal Spirit, first of all, would reveal to us His essential equality with the Father and with the Son. Second thing we can say about the titles of the Holy Spirit is that they reveal His eternal procession from the Father and from the Son. Now here we get into very, very deep theological waters. And again, I'm going to be very brief on this point because we are uh, summarizing what I have taught before on the, in this series of messages. Let's turn to a few scriptures, however, and see what we're talking about here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Underline those words, the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. I'm going to ask you to turn now to Romans 8, verse 9. Ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God 
dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. One more text. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now all those verses have one thing in common. They all say that, and these are titles of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of God, of the living God, of Christ, of the Son. Now just stop for a moment and ask yourself the question, what is the force of such expressions? What is the meaning of the word of? What does it mean? You see, it's not for nothing that as fundamentalists we believe in the verbal inspiration of Scripture. Because you can come right down to the very words that the Holy Ghost has spoken, and you'll find that there is very often a a depth of meaning in a word, sometimes even in a letter. What does the all suggest here? I quote the statement of one of America's greatest ever Presbyterian theologians, Dr. Shedd, when he said, that this is what is called a genitive of source. In other words, he's saying in some way, the Bible is teaching that the Father and the Son are being set forth as the source of the Holy Spirit. But having quoted Dr. Shedd, I want to tell you my own opinion, and it is that here we need to be very, very, very careful. Going away back in church history to the days of a man called Oregon. I don't want to get into his name. By some he's called a great saint. By others he's called a great heretic. And I tend to be in the latter camp. A genius, but a genius I think who certainly went far astray in many things. But way back as far as then, he started talking about the subordination of the Son to the Father. And he wasn't speaking of the humiliation of Christ coming into the world. He was speaking that from eternity the Son is essentially lesser to or than the Father. And similarly the Spirit is somewhat lesser than God the Father and is subordinate to Him from all eternity. And right down through the course of church history this kind of thinking has again and again been resurrected in heretical notions. And I tell you it would surprise you that uh, there are some who are accepted as thoroughly fundamental and thoroughly biblical. And they have spread into this sort of heresy. We need to be very careful. I have pointed out the Holy Spirit is eternal. He is not derived from the Father and the Son as an effect is derived from a prior cause. Remember that the Bible teaches the doctrine of the Trinity. God did not choose to be a Trinity. God essentially and necessarily exists 
as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and cannot exist otherwise. So the God of the Bible exists as a trinity. The Holy Spirit is in no way subordinate in His essence or dignity to the Father or to the Son. He was not created by them. But the Bible teaches He does proceed from them. Now here you get into a big theological term. What is procession? Well, I'm not going to be uh, trying to be very clever with this today. Normally, I think very simply you could say that the procession of the Spirit is the act of the Father and the Son from all eternity, whereby they communicate to the Spirit all the fullness of divine essence and eternal deity. And this act of God is not a, what's called an act of will. It's not the result of the will of God. It is an, a necessary act. It is that which, in human terms, describes what God is from eternity. Now, that's a very deep doctrine. From the Father and the Son, eternally the Spirit proceeds. Some people have tried to give examples of this. And they talk about the eternal generation of the Son and the eternal procession of the Spirit. The best example they have come up with, and uh, I don't think any example is foolproof. How can you give an example of God? It's impossible. But the best example or illustration so far that I have come across is that of the Son and its light. The sun is the source of its rays, but you couldn't say one is before the other. And that's as scriptural an example as you can get. Hebrews chapter 1 says that the Lord Jesus Christ is the brightness of the Father's person. The word means literally the outraying of the Father's person. So that's a fairly scriptural example. There is no priority between the sun the S-U-N, that is, and its rays or its light. Neither is their priority among the persons of the Trinity. The Spirit proceeds from the Father. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, 
www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the Bible speak. Thank you.